episode 197 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to reapply Wilson's face after you tossed him out to sea in a fit of rage. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about our Desert Island games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, The Secret of Langton Manor, Link to Food, and King Domino Origins. Then we talk about what five games we would choose as our only games if we were trapped on an island. And now here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. All right, I'm going to talk about a couple games. This first one really quick because I recently played a free print and play escape room game called The Secret of Langton Manor. The designer of this game actually sent us an email telling me about it because I play free print and play games on Twitch and I also like escape room games. So they're like, oh, you check out my free free print and play escape room. I'm like, oh, yes. So I actually streamed this on our Twitch channel so you can watch the VOD there. But The Secret of Langton Manor is an escape room game. It's kind of like a mix between an exit and an unlock game. So it's got like puzzles, 10 puzzles overall, kind of like an exit game with three hints, but it uses an app and it has a lot of story. So it's kind of like unlock and that has a lot of story, but it has puzzles. So I enjoyed it. There were a couple of puzzles that like I didn't really understand and got a little confused on, but overall I enjoyed the puzzles and stuff. And it's actually like the first chapter of uh, episodes of story and I think the other ones are not going to be free and they're not out yet but I enjoyed it and if you like escape room games and have a printer and like free stuff <laughs> then yeah check out the, the secret of Langton I hate Manor. free stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah check that out I also got a review copy of a this isn't a free game but Linkto Food <laughs> is a regular board game published in oh 2018 by Randolph and it's designed by Joel Gognon and Marie-Yves Lupien it's distributed by Hachette Games. I got a review copy from them of Linkto Food. So there's a couple of Linkto games. There's Linkto Travel and Linkto Food. But this is a trivia cooperative game, which I actually enjoy. Ooh, <laughs> I usually don't like You're not keen games. on trivia stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is like a one-time play. It has five scenarios in it. But like once you play it, that's, it's, that's the answer. The way it works is there's 50 cards in Linkto Food. They're all food cards. So it's like different types of food. There's like a carrot, an avocado, chicken, stuff like that. And then there are 49 clue cards. And each clue corresponds to one of the food cards. So at the end, you match up all of the clue cards to a food card. You're kind of like working together, talking about what goes where and what you think goes where. And then at the end, there's one card left. And that, that needs to match what it, they have an answer card that shows you what the answer should be. And there's five scenarios. So there's going to be five cases that you're playing through. We played through all of them in one night. <laughs> it was actually really quick. So we played with a large group of people. One person was actually a French person. And so our copy, we realized that some of the trivia was a little US centric, but I realized later that the clues are localized for different versions. So I guess it makes sense that, that the clues would be more US centric because I had probably the like the US or the North America copy or something. Yeah, well, that's good that they did that, I guess. But yeah, yeah. it sucks if you have a friend that's visiting from elsewhere that really can't like... <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there were some things that were about like French foods and stuff and it was saying like French foods and so we're asking, him, oh is that is that this one <laughs> well some of it was like obvious and he's like yeah. yes yeah but, 
But yeah, it was, it was very nice playing with a lot of people because there were a variety of clues. And so having more people help us know the answers. So it was actually pretty easy for us for the first three levels. And then on levels four and five, we didn't know more. And we were like trying to make some educated guesses. The way it works is like, if you get some wrong, you get a couple of chances, I think. If you have it wrong, then you can try again. And then if you have it wrong again, then you can see like, you can check the backs of the cards and match it up with the clue cards. And it has like a little linking pattern. And so if it match, if that pattern matches, then you means you got that card right. And you check that with all the cards. And so you can check the cards that you got wrong and then try to fix that. It's kind of hard to check that correctly, <laughs> the, the linking pattern, because you had to check all 50 cards and checking the linking pattern for each of them. And we didn't always check that correctly. <laughs> so like when we got some wrong, we were like, okay, we had these five that were wrong and we really couldn't figure it out. But it was because there was another one that was wrong that someone had marked off as right. Ah. <laughs> it's like, oh, whoops. So it was easy to make mistakes with that. But overall, like we enjoyed it, but it was pretty short. Like it took about 10 to 15 minutes for the first few for us and then like 20 minutes for the last one. So we played the whole game in one night and that's like a kind of like a one-time campaign type game. <laughs> like once you've played it, you kind of know the answers to the trivia questions unless you like forget it and then play again many years later or something. I don't know. But yeah, that was Linkto Food. And Crystal, you also have played this game. Yeah, I actually bought both Linkto Food and mm -hmm. Travel a few months ago and I've only played the food one but mm -hmm. yeah you kind of hit the nail on the head like the lower difficulties are pretty straightforward and easy and as you go up it does get a little bit more difficult and it was funny because as the difficulty increased we would just kind of start like reaching for like connections to things <laughs> we're like well maybe this because of that uh -huh. and then like the only thing that like bugs me with games like that like cooperative trivia is tough for me because I self-admittedly tend to be a little bit of a know-it-all and if I think I know something it's really hard to convince me that I'm wrong for any mm -hmm. reason and I know that this is technically a flaw that I have but like so in the in a game like this if I'm like no it's this and somebody else is like it's clearly not like I don't know how to resolve that situation in a way that's happy for everybody but yeah we had a lot of fun with it I would say like the early levels could easily be played with kids especially the food version mm -hmm. like there are some like references to alcohol like beer and wine but there's nothing else like a kid could easily play this and I think the early levels you could do with kids and it would be pretty fun and maybe take a little bit longer if you wanted to stretch mm -hmm. get get a little bit more bang for your buck potentially I haven't done the travel one yet but once I do get that one played I can uh, maybe give a report on that I found it fun it to me feels a little bit more like an activity than a game I know there is like a final solution like this yeah. is the right answer but but I enjoyed it nonetheless, but I, it didn't feel super gamey to me. It just felt like a yeah. fun thing to do, which I mean, escape room games could fall into that category, right? Like theoretically. Yeah, it so. was like, like taking a trivia quiz together. Right? Yes. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it felt kind of like that. And there's nothing to stop one person from answering all the questions too. Yeah. Like if somebody just starts yeah. throwing cards together, you can't really, you're just like, oh, wait, what? Wait, where did, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we read them all out loud, but yeah, you, when you're saying like, you're sure something right toby does that too but like he doesn't he's he doesn't stick to it because he was like oh it's for sure 100 this and then we're like i don't think it's that at all <laughs> and then later he was like okay okay maybe it wasn't that <laughs> he's like it's for, for sure 100 this other thing <laughs> 
okay so i don't do that if i if once i've realized i'm potentially wrong i back down i don't i don't recommit to something else because that well, just no no because like, like a fool's game i don't know why he 100 thought it was the first thing because it was like completely random but then like the second one it made sense so he's like okay, okay. i think it's this one and he's like it's not the other one it's 100 not that first one that i said it was <laughs> and we're like why did you even say it was that the first time like i don't know <laughs> oh, well hey it created a funny moment that you got to talk about on the podcast yeah. so maybe that's why he did it <laughs> yeah probably but yeah that's that's linkto food and they also have linkto travel I have already talked about a King Domino game on one of our podcasts in 2023, and I'm going <laughs> to do it again, y'all. I'm going all King Domino all the time. So yeah. as you all have heard a thousand times, base game King Domino is one of my favorite games. And I have now gotten to play King Domino Origins, which is a new standalone King Domino game that came out in 2021 that takes the concept of base game King Domino and adds some slightly new stuff to it. And what's interesting about it, at least for me, is that it actually incorporates some of the things from a print and play expansion that came out during the pandemic for King Domino, mm. which almost nobody knows about. Blue Orange released a print and play expansion and Kathy printed it out for us and we played it during the pandemic. And then they took some of the things from that print and play expansion and they kind of, it seems like they became what is now King Domino origins so cool. yeah i know it was really neat so to give you some context i have played base game king domino i have played queen domino i have never played the expansion for king domino the i think it's called age of giants i have never played that expansion so i'm missing context there but i've played regular king domino a lot in <laughs> king domino origins you can technically play what is essentially base game king domino but then there's a lot of other things you can add as well so instead of just placing domino shaped tiles with different land areas on them. And in this version, instead of crowns as your scoring tokens, you have fire as your scoring that you're going to be multiplying against the number of squares in your areas. What's cool about this is some of the tiles have volcanoes on them. And when you place a volcano onto your grid, that volcano will actually spit fire onto one of your other squares. Where you can place that fire is dependent on the size of the volcano and where it gets placed, but you can add additional fire tokens to other tiles that have already been placed onto your board, which really mm. changes the game in a real interesting way because in base game King Domino, the crowns are just the crowns are just the crowns. Like you put them there, that's it. There's no modification. And in this one, just having volcanoes on some of the tiles immediately changes things up because there are land types that maybe have less fire on them natively that you can add to and really bolster the scoring for later on in the game. That makes it really exciting. Then you can also play where when some of the tiles come out, they generate resources, these little wooden tokens that you will place onto the tiles and then collect. And as you collect those resources, whoever has the majority of a specific resource type will get the totem for that resource type, which will be worth extra points at the end of the game. But you have to beat the majority to retake it from another player. You can't just match them. So it's kind of a tug of war with those resources. And if you play in trial, 
tribe mode, which is another module you can add in, there are cavemen that you can actually purchase using those resources. And those cavemen will also add additional scoring conditions for you at the end of the game. It's really neat because a lot of those scoring conditions are also dependent on the resources themselves, but you have to spend resources to get the cavemen in the first place. So some of those things might be, okay, for this caveman, wherever he ends up, for every mushroom around him on the board, you'll get four points. So in the eight squares around him, you'll get points for all the mushrooms there. Or you'll get two points for every type of fish on your board. Things like that. And you can either buy one of the four available cavemen that are just out on display, or if you pay one of all four resources at the same time, you can actually pick up the deck of face down cavemen, sort through it and choose whichever one you want, which gosh, that's just a fun ability to just be like, oh, let me have the one exact thing I want. Cause there are a lot of games where you're like hoping that one tile comes up in this game. If you're willing to spend the resources, you can get that tile, whatever you want, it's in there. So that's pretty fun. There's a bunch of different types of cavemen, including like warriors and other things. So there's a lot to manage in this game if you add in all of the modules, but it's not too overwhelming if you're already familiar with base game King Domino like I am. This is actually the first King Domino thing on top of regular King Domino that I've actually really truly enjoyed. I still love base game King Domino, but I actually, if somebody really wanted something more complex, I would point them toward King Domino Origins and say, you could just own that. You don't need to own base game King Domino if you have this game. So I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. I plan on playing it more in the future. And yeah, I'm really happy that Kathy brought it over so I could try it. <laughs> cool. For those of you who happen to only listen to Board Game Blitz as your only board game <laughs> podcast, which if you're just doing that, A, thank you, that's lovely, but B, what are you doing? There's so many good board game podcasts out there, and not or just ours. And one of those podcasts is Five Games for Doomsday, hosted by Ben Maddox. And that podcast focuses on inviting a guest onto the show and having them present the five games that they would throw into the back of their truck basically if the zombie apocalypse happened and like basically the bombs got dropped everything is gone like but you could save five of your games which five would they be it is a very thoughtful podcast. Ben tends to do a lot of good research about his interviewees and gets into some really insightful conversations. And so mm -hmm. I would highly recommend you check it out if you are not familiar. But we're not really stealing his idea because a lot of people have done this concept in the past, but we still wanted to give Ben a shout out. We are going to talk about our five desert island games. Mm -hmm. And this was a point of contention. Like, is it desert island as in an island that is a desert or deserted island because deserted implies you're the only one there right so it's not yeah we don't want to think it's like fully deserted but it's like <laughs> yeah because we don't want to only talk about solo games <laughs> yeah we're not we're not just going to be talking about solo games here but we also like you didn't just get stranded in maui like this is not that either it's like you're you're somewhere probably relatively secluded and games are not there unless you've brought them yeah and i was also assuming that like there's no power or like other things so it's like i i actually only picked self-contained games so um for those wondering if 
like I have where's the 18xx I, I, I didn't I decided not to do that because I would also need poker chips and I don't want to play 18xx games without poker chips I mean you could technically like find some shiny rocks and use those currency yes but... I mean I could also use the paper money that comes in the game but I don't want to <laughs> no 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 one would ever suggest that you use the paper money that, that that's that's a step too far yeah but yeah a lot of my consideration was like okay it's gonna be like a desert <laughs> there's like not much there there's sand weather and stuff i assumed that there was like gonna be a rock or something some surface to play on and not just play on the floor for all of them yeah i think in my head i'm kind of picturing the tv show lost like that type of scenario where there's like mm -hmm. a group of people maybe mm -hmm. but like yeah no real luxuries to speak of yeah so yeah i didn't do any app games nothing that requires mm -hmm. power no batteries so none of my yeah. fun electronic games from the <laughs> yeah. 90s are on my list because they would not last i definitely when i was making my list i had to think good long and hard about some of my favorite games and whether mm -hmm. i thought they would sustain me long term and yeah. I actually surprised myself with some of my picks. Yeah, because I had to start thinking about like lifestyle games, that type of thing, like games that people can play only that game for a long time. I mean, because that's not the type of player mm -hmm. I am in general. Like yeah. I love to bounce. And mm -hmm, me too. I, this, yeah, so these have to be things that are, are real sticky. <laughs> All right, so onto the list. My number five is Clask, which is a dexterity game. Uh, it's kind of like air hockey with magnets, but no, no power, no air or anything. It doesn't need to be plugged into the wall. <laughs> it's got little balls that you move around, that you hit with these magnetic puck things, and then you're hitting that into the goal. This one is number five because like it's got lots of small pieces that might get lost. <laughs> so this is like my weakest of the picks, I think, for bringing to a desert island because I'm worried that the pieces would fall out and get lost and then I wouldn't be able to play anymore. But hopefully that wouldn't happen for a while. And so yeah, I wanted like a nice dexterity game and that's Clask. So my first pick, my number five is Wordsy, which is a word game designed by Gil Hova, originally published by Formal Ferret Games. Gil is no longer publishing his own games under his own company, but BoardGameTables.com, which has turned into all play, has actually picked up a number of Gil's designs is going to be republishing them. So that's really exciting. Wordsy is a word game where you set out a grid of letters and then you try and spell basically like the best word you can using the letters available. But what's neat about it is you don't only have to use the letters available, you can use other letters as well, but you just get points depending on which of the available letters you've utilized in your word. And you're competing usually against other players, but obviously this is something you could theoretically play solo, just like to see how well you could score. The reason this one is on my list, I wanted a word game that had letter cards in it. I love word games in general, and I wanted a game with letter cards because I believe I could theoretically duplicate other letter games or make up other letter <laughs> games like i think the cards from this game could be utilized in a number of different ways potentially and i do like word games i think this would help maybe keep my brain nice and stretchy and spongy you know while we're stranded and who knows what's going on and i i really do like gill's game designs so that is why my number five is wordsy 
Yeah, I, I originally thought about things like games that could be used for other games and stuff too, but then I decided not to do that for my list and just do like just the games themselves. <laughs> so yeah, my list doesn't have something like that. But for my number four, I have Hanabi Deluxe, specifically the deluxe one, because the deluxe one has chunky tiles that won't get messed up by the weather as much. <laughs> So Hanabi is a card game, or in the deluxe version, a, a tile game. It's a cooperative game where you don't see your own cards and you're trying to play the cards in order. The cards have colors and numbers and you're trying to play them in order, but you can give clues to the other people about either the number or color in their hand. And so it's like a deduction cooperative card game or tiles. So yeah, we, we have the deluxe version. So I picked that because actually I asked Hobie what <laughs> for ideas because I had the other four on my list and not that one. And I was like, what else would be good? And then Toby's like, Hanabi Deluxe, because that, <laughs> that has tiles and and it won't get damaged. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll we'll do that one. And I like Hanabi. We've played it a lot. My number four, I don't know if this is a good choice or not, but I'm going <laughs> with it. And that's Legacy of Dragonhold. Y'all have heard me talk mm -hmm. about this game before, but if you haven't, Legacy of Dragonhold is basically a solo plus RPG that you get to play through with a number of books. So you're reading through these books it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure RPG. I've only played it solo, and I suggest it to other people to play it solo, but you can play it multiplayer. I was thinking, like, okay, if you're stranded on an island and you have these books, eventually you're going to know the whole story. You're going to know everything. Mm -hmm. You're going to... It's going to be boring. But I've always loved the world of Terranoth. I've been playing games from Fantasy Flight Games set in the world of Terranoth since 2007, and I like that fantasy world. I'm somewhat familiar with it. I love the characters in Legacy of Dragonhold. So first off, I think I would dig deep and literally just try and find everything in that game. <laughs> all of the paths, all the branching, do the metaphorical, you know, fingers in the choose your own adventure <laughs> book version and literally see everything because it's such a beautifully crafted game. And I know I haven't seen all that content. So it would kind of give me an mm -hmm. excuse to do that. And then I'm also a very creative person person. I'm a writer by trade. And I think if I wanted to keep my creativity up, maybe having something like Legacy of Dragonhold, I could like, mm -hmm. oh, let's write a little extra scenario that like branches off of this or something like that. I think it could serve as inspiration for me since it's a world that I love. And so mm -hmm. that is why it's my pick. It's kind of weird reasoning, I guess, because I'm picking it for reasons other than its <laughs> gameplay. But yeah, it's designed by Nikki Valens, published by Fantasy Flight Games. I really adore it and I would bring it with me to the island. Cool. Yeah, that reminds me like an RPG or like an RPG system would be good too, which I didn't think about. I mean, but. yeah, right? Like, it's it's one of those things where if you have your infinite imagination, like, mm -hmm. should you pick something like Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then are you allowed to bring like all of the materials, the yeah. right? Like, all the supplements? Like, I think yeah, it gets I too messy. RPG because of that, yes. You have to bring too much other stuff. <laughs> yep. So I think that's why, like, Legacy of Dragonhold feels a little more contained. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, my number three is Storytime Backgammon. So I was assuming that I would be <laughs> there with my kids. And so I was like, okay, I have to have a game for them. But then also like they would work for when they're older too. 
I've talked about Storytime Chess before, which is like you learn chess through stories. It's ages three plus. It has a storybook that tell, teaches you the chess moves and then it has a chess board and like double-sided. One side has little characters and one side is just a normal chess board. And so Storytime Backgammon, I got a review copy of recently and it's a newer one that's about backgammon, but the similar concept. There's a storybook with the backgammon pieces and then like they're pirates. So there's like a, the pirate side of the board where it's little ships. And then the other side is just like a plain backgammon board. So I, f- I figured I'm not as into chess and I like I like playing backgammon in college. Both of those could be lifestyle games, but I think I would prefer backgammon. It works for my kids. And then like as they grow older, they could still play it more as like the adult version instead of just the story version. And so, yeah, I figured that would work well on a desert island as as my family grows up. My number three is a cheat. Although people have done this on Five Games for Doomsday, (laughs) but I tried to not put this on my list and I couldn't. So my number three pick is a deck of cards. 52 (laughs) cards, four suits, the standard playing card deck. That is my number three pick. I, throughout the course of my life, have played a number of games that utilize a standard deck of playing Mm -hmm. cards from hearts and spades to solitaire to speed to presidents Mm -hmm. to like everything in between. And there are lots of other games that you can kind of simulate using a regular deck of cards. So again, (laughs) this is a cheat. I know it is. I don't care because I'm bringing it and I'm counting it and it's small. So you can't be like, oh, that's too big to bring on the desert island. No, it isn't. It's small. So, and I'm going to bring apparently waterproof cards because Ambie's very worried about all these components getting damaged. So I'm going to make sure it's a very sturdy deck of cards. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pick a deck of cards because yeah, I was, I was thinking they'd get worn out so quickly and... Oh no, plastic also, cards only. Like yeah, the, the okay. good stuff that like br- br- like good poker rooms use, you know, like the good stuff. But those still get worn out like from lots of shuffling and stuff. That's yeah, why they but, like, use new ones all the time. I mean, fair. But, yeah, I also picked it, didn't pick it because it's not like one game. I was limiting myself to game. I, I already mentioned that. But, yeah. I appreciate the purity of your list. I refuse to but, do the same. Yeah, that's fine. We made our own rules. So. Yeah, basically. My number two I was trying to think of like what party game I wanted and I picked code names. I ended up picking code names. So I was thinking like all the different team and cooperative word party games that I love. I was thinking like Cross Clues, Codename, Phantom Inc, all those things, Decrypto. I didn't pick Phantom Inc or Decrypto because they have those sheets of paper and those run out. Like our Decrypto box has already run out and we've had to print more. And so I was like, oh, that would run out. So yeah, I ended up picking code names because also it doesn't need a timer, which Cross Clues needs. <laughs> and so code names is a team word party game. It's very very popular so a lot of you have probably heard of it but there's a grid of five by five words and you're giving a clue to link a bunch of words each team has a spy master that has like the grid shown and it shows which words are their teams and which words are the other teams and you're trying to give clues to your teammates one word clue that links as many words as possible that they're trying to guess there's a lot of word cards in it so you can be playing even if you use like similar words or the same words as last time the grid would look different so like there's a lot of replayability in that and it's all just in making the clues and I like word party games so codenames I've played codenames a lot and I still enjoy it and so I think that would be well good okay I want you to remember some of the things you just said because Uh in a minute we're going to discuss some of those (laughs) but not yet (laughs) all right 
My number two pick is Crokinole. So Ambie's dexterity game, Clask was at her number five position, my dexterity game that I chose for my list, which we didn't make a rule that we had to choose a dexterity <laughs> game. We just both happened to choose one. And I went with Crokinole. Crokinole is a old game, a classic yeah. dexterity game in which you have a round wooden board that is kind of waxed smooth and has a very, it's a shuffleboard kind of texture on it with mm-hmm. the, the little grains on it. And you are flicking wooden discs into the center where there are both pegs and a singular hole and you are trying to generally hit your opponent's pucks and or get your puck into the hole in the center through the pegs. It is both very simple and very not simple and it is so fun all the time. Well I'm sure Ambie will give her reasoning for why she didn't pick it so I want to I want to tell let, let you tell that before I cho- say why I picked it because I think it's the same reason which is funny. Well Crokinola is great and it almost made my list but I realized that like when we don't wax or sand our board, it gets very like hard to flick the puck. And so I would need like this wax or the shuffleboard sand for it. And I know like beach sand is really bad for things like that. It like makes it all scratched up and stuff. And I thought that it would become like unplayable for me. So that's why I picked class because it's a ball and it rolls along. So then that doesn't the surface doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Which are all excellent reasons. <laughs> and it was just funny because my brain went, ooh, sand, sand, crokinole. <laughs> and obviously you are correct that this type of sand you sprinkle yeah. on a crokinole board is not the sand you find at the beach. But yeah, I think in my head- I was head, thinking sand beach too. I was like, oh, maybe I can yeah. use the beach sand. I'm like, wait, no, no, I can't. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm thinking. I genuinely, like, if you had time, I think I could probably devise a method to grind beach sand up but, or like, and wash it or something. Like, I feel like I, I could- It has like silicone in it too. Is So like- oh, right. I don't know if you would, you'd have to find, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or maybe you could find wax somewhere. Yeah. Like <laughs> trees. The, the inside of a specific plant leaf or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I truly believe it wouldn't be ideal, but I bet I could manage it. And the reason I didn't pick Clask, which was all like right up there for me as well, is because the little magnet pieces that you're using yeah. to hit the ball with, mm-hmm. if you play Clask a lot, which you should if you own it because it's freaking amazing. <laughs> unfortunately, eventually the paint on the top of the board will kind of start to wear down like anything would and Mm -hmm. I have heard some clask boards make that like nails on a chalkboard type Screech. Yeah, squeaky. Oh my gosh. I am extra sensitive to that specific pitch. Like certain types of sound waves can be felt by mm-hmm. some people and my teeth are incredibly oh. sensitive to that sound. Like I can well, genuinely like... feel that sound in my teeth. And so I just, I love Clask. I own it. I'll play it. But the day my board starts making that noise, it probably is going in the garbage <laughs> or I'm figuring out a way to fix it because I can't handle it. So yeah, Ambie went with Clask. I went with Crokinole. They're both awesome dexterity games and uh yeah (laughs) all right my number one is actually the first thing i thought about after a deck of cards which i vetoed right away but the first thing i thought about because it's perfect for it's a lifestyle game it is very durable (laughs) it won't get messed up by sand or anything and that is mahjong (laughs) so mahjong has mahjong like tiles because it is mahjong (laughs) It's a rummy type game that I've been playing a lot recently. I've been playing Richi Mahjong, which is the Japanese rule set. There are like three different main rule sets get played. 
there's the Chinese or Cantonese version, there's Japanese, and there's American. But yeah, so I've playing, been playing Richie Mahjong. It's a four-player game. The tiles have three different suits and then like some special cards and stuff, and you're getting sets and trying to go out. But like you have to get certain types of hands in order to go out and they get different numbers of points. And like the other players end up paying you points. If they discard the card that lets you win, then that person has to pay you. Otherwise, everyone pays you. And so there's a lot of different hands that's hard to remember in like the scoring rules. But I've been playing it a lot with our group recently and I like it a lot. The tiles are really nice <laughs> and they would definitely stand the test of time and, and weather. <laughs> They're very durable and I could also play it a lot. So Mahjong, my number one desert island game. Ambie's going to be sitting over in her cave with all of her intact games just laughing at me <laughs> and my pile of mush basically is what's going on here. <laughs> all right. So my number one, I told you, Ambie, when you talked about code names for number two, mm-hmm. that you needed to hold on to some of those thoughts. And that's because mm-hmm. my number one is Codenames Duet. And mm-hmm. the only reason I chose Duet over regular codenames is just so I would have the Duet style cards because I prefer those. Generally, I prefer the Duet style. But as far as like the cards that go on the board, any version of codenames <laughs> aside from pictures yeah. or like the or themed like, ones, the, yeah. like no, uh-uh. Any of the word-based ones, the normal ones would be mm-hmm. fine for me. But here's the thing. You said you were like, oh, I'm not going to pick games that could be other things. But, you know, I'd say Codenames cards could very easily be used for something like charades, for instance. Or what's the drawing game that used to be a game show on TV? Oh, my God. Win, lose, or draw. Like, but you're drawing in the sand with a stick because you don't have a big marker board or something. Well, yeah, any game can be used for other games. Like, Well, I know, but I was specifically... could be used for cards or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I was saying, like, the reason I picked it isn't for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because you were you your picks are more pure. Well, I did pick this one because I thought that in addition to being one of my favorite cooperative games, it also does potentially have that versatility of like, oh, mm-hmm. there are words on cards. Maybe we could figure out a way to utilize that in some fashion for other things. <laughs> but I do also want to point out you were like, oh, well, we can't pick this game because it has a sand timer. I'm pretty sure you can rig up a sand timer if you're on a des- deserted no. or a desert island. Well, now, I mean, they have a sand timer. I just don't like using the sand timer. <laughs> I, it was because we use our phone for the timer. Because, like, oh. you don't want to look at the timer because it's, like, if, when it's a real-time game, yeah. you're not really wanting to look at the timer. So that's yeah. why I want that's to That's one of the things audible. that makes stay cool so freaking hard is <laughs> yeah. you have to look at the timer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair point. But I was, I, while you were describing it, I was picturing, like, a system where you have, like, a coconut that you've, like, cut in half and emptied out, and then you cut a little hole in the bottom of it, and then you fill it with sand, and like put a leaf in the bottom of it, fill it with sand, and then you pull the leaf out of it and uh-huh. let the sand drain out of it or something. And that could be your yeah. sand timer. I guess you could like rig up something that would make something fall at the time. And then you get the audible like alarm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like something but, like yeah. at the top of the sand or something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah. yeah. So realistically, if we were on a desert island for a long time, <laughs> we would be designing our own games probably. I mean, that is, I think, kind of where this is going yeah. is. I mean, I'm I am a creative person. I know that I am, and I think given enough time, I would eventually 
just turn everything into some kind of a game, probably, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely be talking to a volleyball at, 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 at that stage <laughs> of, the, of the experience. So mm-hmm. we would love to hear from you all. What games would you bring to a desert island? What, what, which were the ones that you can't live without that you think will be the ones to sustain your gaming heart for the long run? <laughs> Hit us up on social media or over in the Board Game Blitz Discord. Link to join our Discord is in the show notes. And we'd love to see you over there. We have lots of game nights and fun stuff going on there all the time. And yeah, so let us know. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. The universe is spinning toward its inevitable heat death. Will you and the other alien factions be able to gather the light while it still burns? Kickstarter copies of Last Light are fulfilling now, so if you didn't order yours, head to your friendly local game store or greyfoxgames.com to get yours today. And if you want to buy some other games from Gray Fox's website, use the code BGBLITZ2023 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time, Gloomhaven, Jamaica, ooh, I want to play ya. Ark Nova, Lisboa, games I want to show ya. Bye, everyone. Bye. So my number three pick is a 52 deck. 52 card, 50, (laughs) why can't I say, what is, a a deck of cards. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on. The universe is spinning toward its, the universe, uh, (laughs) the universe is spinning toward its inevitable, I can't say. That's a hard word, I'm sorry. Inevitable, inevitable, okay. Kickstarter copies of Last Light are fulfilling now, so if you didn't order yours ahead, wait, I, I don't know what I did. <laughs> I think. Hold on. I didn't read the setup. I mean, if you didn't order your head, <laughs> okay. Crystal's lost hers, so please find her one. <laughs>